This is episode 33 of the Lingolstown Life podcast. In this sermon, Adam Estep, our Minister of Discipleship and Community Life, shares his personal and very relatable struggles with anxiety. In his message, we look to the story of Elijah and how he was helped by an angel through an episode of extreme anxiety. Adam expands on this biblical account and gives us some practical tips for dealing with our own anxious thoughts. This message was first preached on January 17th, 2021 at the Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Lingolstown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear this, but maybe you're one of these kind of people when you're sitting in a meeting and you're clicking your pen, maybe you're uh, drumming your fingers, maybe you're tapping your toes. Uh, We all know this person at the meeting, the one who can never sit still. They're constantly playing with something, fiddling with something or fidgeting. This, This actually is such a common experience. This is not a pen. This actually is my S pen that came from my phone. There's no ink that comes out. They've realized people like to click things so much. They've added this as a function of an electronic pen that has no ink. Yeah, I've discovered this idea of of anxiety being constantly in motion. And I've discovered this recently as I started my own therapy for anxiety. Um, I began uh, therapy in May of this year. I had not realized um, all the stuff, all that fidgeting. I I can't sit still at all. Anybody who's been in a meeting with me knows I can't sit still. Um, I actually recall before we had phones and I would sit and watch TV, I would take out the remote to the TV and I would play with it constantly to the point that I would do the same pattern with my thumb. I would wear out the indicators on the remote. The writing would disappear because I'm constantly moving my thumb in the same direction, in the same format, because I would just find comfort in that. I would find calmness in the midst of my anxiety by doing that. And I'm not alone. Anxiety is something that I think we have all felt since this pandemic started. Things are always changing. Restaurants are open, and then they're closed. In the beginning, it was very jarring as rules kept changing as we learned more and more about the science of this virus. We had anxiety about the future and still do. When will this end? Will I still need to wear a mask at Hershey Park this summer? When will schools go back to normal? We have anxiety about finances. Jobs have been lost all over because of this pandemic. Some may have their job, but their hours have been cut. How are we going to get food on our table for our family? How are we going to pay our bills? When will unemployment kick in? Anybody who has lost their job has discovered just how how much the resources have been stretched through our state, trying to find unemployment, find where to fill it out, and when they will receive it. 
When, how long will I have unemployment? Will it end? Speaking of jobs, some people's jobs may look completely different than before the pandemic. Maybe you now work at home. Maybe you're working at home while your kids are going to school right next to you or in the room right by you. No, honey, I don't know how to do that type of multiplication. That's not how I learned it. Do it this way or talk to your teacher at your next Zoom. It's a common phrase. I never thought I would have to say that to my children. Pandemic fatigue is a real thing, and that's beginning to set in. Some of the increase in November and December and the early part of January could very well be not just the holiday gatherings, but the idea of pandemic fatigue settling in. People are being tired of all, getting tired of all the precautions. And so you have rising case counts. And add to that the political climate of the recent election and the post-election, and it's all it's just very jarring. Finding peace in the midst of all this anxiety can be challenging, if not impossible. So our lesson on this journey today comes from Elijah. Now, Elijah is, is one of the most well-known prophets of the Old Testament. And where we're going to pick up his story is in 1 Kings 18. Uh, you see, this is one of Elijah's high points. He is he, What he did in 1 Corinthians 18 at Mount Carmel is, is just a wonderful thing, an experience of the power of God. Now, for those unfamiliar... Elijah was one of the last remaining prophets in Israel that was left alive. And he went before the king of Israel, Ahab, who had killed off a lot of God's prophets in favor of prophets of other gods. He goes to Ahab and tells him, I'm going to prove to you that God is real and that your prophets serve false gods. So bring your prophets and all the people of the nation of Israel to Mount Carmel. I want you to have two bulls waiting there, and then we'll each pray to our God, and whichever bull catches fire is real. So the prophets of the other gods stand, go to Mount Carmel, and they stand before the people and around the bull, and they prepare it, and then they pray to their gods to light it on fire. And they pray, and they pray for hours and hours, and hours, and nothing happens. Nothing. So after all this time has passed, Elijah takes his turn. He asks, though, that before he begins to pray, he asks people to take these four jars of water, four jars and fill them with water, and pour it over his bull. They do that. And then he says, do it again. And so they fill the four jars, they pour the water all over the bull, and he says, do it a third time. And they fill the jars and they pour it over the bull a third time, so much that it, it begins to collect around the bull itself on the ground. And Elijah says one quick prayer, and the fire of God comes down from heaven and burns the sacrifice. It burns the altar upon which the sacrifice was placed. It evaporates all the water that is gathered around it in an instant. And after this, the people knew whose God was real. And they turned against the prophets of the other gods. And they killed them. Elijah scored a great victory. But when word got to Ahab's wife, Jezebel, 
a strong proponent of these other gods, what had happened, she sent word to Elijah that she would have him killed within a day for what he did. Elijah, who just called upon the great power of God and displayed a miracle before the nation of Israel. And do you know what he did? He ran. He was afraid. He was anxious and tired and ran away. He could find no peace. His victory was fleeting. And so we find him at this moment in 1 Corinthians 19, in verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Elijah, a man of great faith, a man of great fortitude to survive all that he did, had come to his end. His fears and anxieties overwhelmed him. And he was just ready to call it quits. Have you had nights like this over the last 10 months? I know I have. I know by the time Christmas hit of a month straight of full remote learning with my kids, I had had enough. So where do we go from here? Well, let's see what happens next. You see, in verse 5, we'll pick it back up again with Elijah. And, he, and at this point, he fell asleep. And all at once, it says in Scripture, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and, laid, and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and ate and drank. And so here is the first thing God does to aid Elijah. He gets fed. Now I bet that bread in that moment tasted so good. I'm sure the water felt sweet going down his throat. And then what? He slept. Rinse, eat, drink, repeat sleep. Eat and sleep. And so I want you to hear me with this. If all you do some days in the midst of this pandemic is eat and sleep, that's okay. In fact, let's say based on this scripture, that's godly. Sometimes there are days when just eating and sleeping is all we can handle. You see, anxiety is exhausting. Worrying constantly is exhausting. Your mind is always working. And, and then there are days it's just working overtime in these days. And so I think the first key lesson for us this morning is that we should be paying attention to our physical needs. Maybe you don't need food. Maybe you just need a quiet space for a time. Maybe you do need food and sleep, and that's fine too. 
The problem with anxiety is that you get afraid that if you aren't productive, you'll leave something undone. So you can't relax because there's so much to do. And even if you relax, then you just keep thinking about something you should have done with that time. So now you're worried it won't get done on time and things are going to go wrong. And I just remembered I never put the dishes away and the phone is still on the charger and the cookies are still on the counter so the dog might eat them and on and on and on and on. And that's anxiety, folks. Stop. Eat, sleep, and leave it. It's okay to leave it for tomorrow. When you find and can find some quiet time, take advantage of it. Let it sink in. So what if there's a cup in the kitchen sink? It'll still be there tomorrow and you can put it away then. So if you can find some quiet time, but the next thing I want us to look at is maybe there are some questions we should consider. You see, I found this resource on anxiety to help name what it is you are anxious about. In naming it, you might realize maybe it's not as big a deal as you think. Or you can let it go for someone else to handle or any number of things that might help you resolve that anxiety. And so name what it is that you're anxious about by considering these questions. What I need most is... What I want most is what I most want to avoid is. Now, that's, that's also good to know because it helps you understand what makes you feel uncomfortable. It's not a matter of just what you want, but it's also a matter of what you don't want. Number four, what I feel most powerless about is. Number five, what I'm most concerned will happen is what? You see, in answering these questions can help you resolve some of the things that you're anxious about. Maybe what you're anxious about isn't as big a deal as you once thought. Maybe it's something that will happen over time. Maybe it's something that you're making a mountain out of that's really just a small molehill. You know, a lot of parents of young children will get very anxious when it comes time to start teaching them how to potty train. And you get worried that they'll never get that what it is to be potty trained. They'll never get it. They still make a mess and it's just so nerve wracking and, and it makes you anxious as a parent. Well, very few high school graduates graduate without learning how to use the bathroom. They'll get it. Eventually, they'll get it. And so, eventually, something, maybe whatever it is you're anxious about, you'll figure out. Now, another tool you may want to look at is pause or mindfulness practices. Now, this is something my therapist actually recommended to me. A fellow by the name of John Kabat-Zinn has some YouTube videos that you can walk through that, might, that will help you to pause or to practice some mindfulness. John Kabat-Zinn is his name, J-O-N-K-A-B-A-T-Z-I-N-N. These practices help you to calm your mind and your body. If you're finding the quiet time, but you're having difficulty calming your mind and relaxing, letting your things go, and you find yourself continue to be distracted by various thoughts and worries, these practices might be a good idea for you to look into. Now, as we face this issue, I want you to remind you of a few things. First, we're not alone. 
This is an ever-increasing common issue that people are facing. Like I said, I'm facing this with you. Even David, King David, the man after God's own heart, dealt with anxiety. You see in Psalm 139, verse 23, he writes, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Another psalmist writes, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So know you are not alone. You're not alone. Second, we can only control so much. What we can control, and this is something that my therapist helps to remind me of a lot, what we can control is our thoughts, our actions, our emotions. We cannot control how other people respond. You know, one of the symptoms of anxiety is practicing conversations ahead of time. Now, I don't know if that's you, but that's definitely me. I constantly rehearse conversations ahead of time. I review conversations in my head after they've happened. I'm constantly thinking about what train of thought going through my head. And what I have to learn and what those of us who struggle with anxiety have to learn is that we can't control how other people respond. We can only control our thoughts, our actions, our emotions. We spend far more time, those of us who struggle with anxiety, spend far more time worrying and being anxious about how others will respond than we do with how we can respond. We can't control when this pandemic will end. We can't. It will eventually, but we can't control when it will end. What we can control is our response throughout it. And now finally, as we, as we wrap up, facing anxiety is courageous. There's a growing sentiment appreciating those getting therapy. And that is a good thing. For far too long, those who got therapy felt stigmatized, felt it was a sign of weakness. Sometimes we think that if we ask for help or face our own mental issues and anxieties, it is a weakness. But... It is far from it. It takes a brave person to face their own fears and worries. And I say that somewhat selfishly as someone in therapy taking medicine for anxiety. I had come to a point where I realized I was negatively impacting my own children by, how I, by my own anxious presence. And it was time for me to face this as an issue so my kids would not be anxious themselves. Because I was beginning to see some of that anxiety in them. And it took a lot for me to press the numbers on my phone to call this therapist. And maybe that's you. And maybe you need that encouragement to call that therapist. And I encourage you to do so. Maybe you find yourself angry. And easily triggered. And you don't know why. Maybe you're a person tapping on the table now as you listen. More than you ever did before. I'm here to tell you that it may not be anger. It may not be boredom or something that like that that is the root cause. And that it could be anxiety. And that's okay. And if you need help to deal with that anxiety. That's okay too. Even Elijah came out of one of the great victories in the Bible, feeling a bit anxious at the threat upon his life. 
when we're going through one of the world's most historical challenges, anxiety is not unexpected. And so as we wrap up our time together, I would encourage you to take care of yourself. Again, if all you do is eat, watch a little TV, and go to sleep, that's okay. Control what you can control. Worry less about how others are going to respond. And worry about what you can control. Be mindful of that. Practice some momentary pauses and calmness to wrap your head about around what you're anxious about. Ask those questions. Try to find out what is the underlying things you're anxious about so that you can deal with it. And know there will be an end. There will be an end. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today's message of anxiety. We pray that as we deal with this issue, Lord, that you will continue to remind us of your ever-calming presence, of your promise of the Holy Spirit being a great comforter. And so in these moments of anxiety and struggle, we pray for that comfort to come upon us, to touch our hearts and to touch our minds and to touch our spirits. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.